0: Listen in to find out why every pharmacy needs a point-of-sale system to turn their data into actionable insights. I interview Minfoss Divisional Manager, Andrew Hall. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, All that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we are into episode 26. A huge episode to get through today. We're going to go back on some video marketing to follow on from last week. Got some great breaking news that just came to hand literally five minutes ago. I can't wait to share that with you. More on the Pharmacy Freedom Index. We're going to interview Andrew Hall from Minfos, and we're going to continue that back office journey. We've got a lot of momentum out of last week and thank you for your feedback from our episode last week with Michael Robertson from the Pharmacy Guild of S.A., It certainly is a very, very intricate area of integrated payroll and HR systems. And we're just going to continue that momentum. And there's so many tools that are available to you now as a pharmacy owner to help you leverage your time so that you can spend that how you choose, whether it's with your patients or with your family outside of your business, rather than getting stuck in these back end or back office processes that simply weigh us down. But Firstly, it's gone viral this week, probably this week more than any other week. I might just be saying that because I got roped into it this week, but I got nominated for the ALS and MND Challenge, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, For those who are listening, some of you may have been already nominated for this and have made already great opportunity to donate to a great cause, which I and my company Farm Active have done, but it's also proof which is ultimately, which is why I'm mentioning it today, of how easy it is to do video marketing. Did anyone wonder, who's, already, who's listening to this, who have done one of those ice bucket challenges, that that was a difficult thing to do? That's ultimately exactly what I was talking about last week, that every one of us in our pharmacies could be doing to tell our pharmacy story. Sure, we're doing this for a great cause to support ALS in, in, in the global arena, but more specifically, motor neuron disease in Australia. But it just goes to show how accessible it is. And because it's so accessible, because everyone has access to a smartphone, whether you own one or not, you can easily do that. And it was shared. Everyone got involved. It is fantastic. And in some cases, and there was a great article written by Ruslan Kogan from uh, Kogan.com earlier this week on the secret formula of why things go viral and comparing, obviously, the ice bucket challenge to... Gangnam style last year, and how everyone just loved doing that, and how everyone was it was such an accessible thing for all of us to do. So, it's proof to all of you that video marketing for your pharmacy is something that's well within your grasp, and it's certainly something that you should be doing. So, the challenge is on from me to you. Please put together a video marketing piece for your pharmacy. Send it through. I'd love to run a competition. I'm sure I can rustle up a prize for probably the best one. I can even post that on robertstar.com. We could all vote for them. And uh, I just think it'd be a great concept for us all to get stuck into because it is so easy. So whilst you're doing your ice bucket challenges, whilst your phones are out, have a good think about how you could actually frame something very short to put your pharmacy's message straight into your your prospective customers' hands, but also your current ones as well. So enough on that. I wanted to read out another great feedback and review, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do that because if anyone's prepared to put some time aside to leave me a great feedback or some questions, I'd love to share them with all of our listeners as well. So this one comes from Mick, who and he, I'll read it to you. He's currently traveling overseas with time to think about his business rather than simply work in it, and he, and he wrote... I stumbled across transformation and wow, I've only listened to three podcasts so far, but the two apps suggested by Robert, LastPass and Trello, two of my favorites, are exactly what I've been looking for. We just didn't know they existed. I can't wait to listen to more. Fantastic Mick it's great to hear that makes such a difference as well and it really is an underlying theme that comes through all of our episodes that the technology is well within our grasp you don't need to have an IT background you don't need to be able to have to support or afford a large data center or an IT team to launch these things they're literally in the palms of our hands and if that's a message that we all can take away from even listening to one episode of transformation I'm thoroughly appreciative that my message has gotten through. Thanks again, Mick, and I'll uh, read out another another couple uh, next week. So the big news that I have, we mentioned the Pharmacy Freedom Index last week, that it would be going live this week, and it is going live this week, but it's going live for you guys. The Motivated Pharmacy Owner listeners, you have access to the Pharmacy Freedom Index today. Everyone else will get access to it on Monday. If you do happen to know someone and you want to share it with them, they will have access to it. The site is live, but I won't be advertising or broadcasting it to anyone until Monday. So you guys have first dibs to go in there, check it out. Go and calculate your pharmacy freedom index. There's 75 strategic questions to help you delve into nine key areas in your business under the three pillars of operational efficiency, a patient-centric business model, and smart use of technology. You'll be able to benchmark yourself there. You'll be able to instantly see the biggest opportunities that are available to you. And what you can do at the end of that, you'll be thinking, well, I've got my score, what do I do now? If you'd like to deep dive into all of those areas and really realize those opportunities in the next 12 months, you can book in for a review and assessment session with me, which will be 100% action-based. We don't need to run through the test If anyone would like me to do the test with them, I'm more than happy to do that, but it will take up some of our 90 minutes together. I'd prefer to give you 90 minutes of action as opposed to half of just getting your test done and then half of action, but you can certainly do either if you choose. There's two different booking options. I'll put those links on the show notes, and I will not just touch on the show notes as well. I am now posting the links to this podcast via robertstar.com. So in each post that I send out for each episode, all the links, all of the little things that we've mentioned in each episode are available there, as well as there's a discussion board at the bottom. So you can comment, you can leave questions, you can Say that was a great show, Rob, or you didn't sound great. Um, and for those of us who were very astute last week, you may have thought I sounded a little bit off, and I was. I, I was very close to, for the first time in 25 episodes, having to perhaps pull the pin uh, due to a virus and a cold, and I literally couldn't talk the day before. So I was glad I got through it. But if you <laughs> wanted to leave a comment about that, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to have a look at that as well. I'll just also touch on, and I know that we're, uh, I I digress a little away from our interview, which is coming up. I I have to really hand that to Andrew. It was a great interview and you're going to get a length and breadth of a point of sale system from the very advanced to the beginner. So we cover everyone in this episode and um, certainly you'll get a lot out of it. But just before I do dive into that, um, I did want to mention uh, Pharmacy Business Network again as well. I am doing a workshop there on Friday of how you can better communicate with your team in only 20 minutes a week. Believe it or not, Mission Impossible will be accomplished at the end of that session, and I'll show you exactly how to do that. But what I'm also offering for those who come to PBN, and I will be hanging around over the weekend is that if you would like to get ahead of the general release date of of, uh, transformation on the 15th of September, you can head across to robertstar.com forward slash shop, and that link will be live before PBN, and you'll be able to take advantage of some very attractive bundles that I've put together, which not only include the book, but a whole extra bit of value that you cannot get anywhere else, and you can actually buy that through the website, And as a special bonus, you can collect those from me at the Pharmacy Business Network at the afternoon tea breaks. And we can have a chat and uh, just uh, talk about the latest technology that is going on. But before I get into the interview, uh, breaking news that came up literally five minutes ago. So for those of us who uh, listened into one of my earlier episodes, it might have been episode six on drone delivery and how there was a company in San Francisco, Quickie who were looking at drone delivery of pharmaceuticals, and we've followed up on that, and since that has been disallowed by the FAA. However, going to air literally only five minutes ago, um, there is a new thing being brought out by Google, or Google X, which is their lab, and they are, and they have, for the last two years, been testing drone delivery in country Queensland. So what a fantastic thing that they're doing all their, their testing of what's called Project Wing, on our doorstep as well and what they've been doing is they've been successfully delivering first aid kits, chocolate bars, dog treats and water to Australian farmers this month Um, And the search giant will be launching drones in the not too distant future. They do say, and please don't misquote me, that it will be a couple of years away. But what a fantastic opportunity for Australia and what a great thing that Google are testing that. So I'm going to throw the video to that on the blog site on robertstar.com and you can check that out and watch it for yourself. It's a great video, but certainly the possibilities are endless. Our interview today is with Andrew Hall. He's the divisional manager of Minfos and has a long and strong pedigree in product and software development over the last 25 years. Andrew Hall, welcome to The Transformation Show. Thanks, Robert. Nice to be on, and uh, congratulations on your new book too. Oh, fantastic! Thank you for that. Uh, yes, uh, look, certainly, uh, all of our ge- all of our guests do get a copy, so uh, I'll be sure to send that out to you very shortly. Um, Andrew, it'd be great to have you on this morning. Um, and I-, I wanted to get—I love getting a story from our guests, was straight up as to how they got involved in pharmacy. And I know that in your um, history of a uh, product and software development, that that hasn't always been in pharmacy. So, how did you arrive at Minfos? And um, you know. What what were you brought to Minfos to uh, inject into the product?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Minfos, uh, as probably many of you know, have known, has been around for a long, long time. and started in the, in WA, um, an accountant um, and a, a software developer, or a, uh, sorry, a pharmacist, come software developer, sort of put the product together probably about twenty years ago. Um, it, it's been in the industry for a long, long time and uh, is is very well known, but. Um, the technology struggled to to really meet the needs of customers uh, in terms of its underlying architecture. So it, it is a very rich product, very extensive. But as we move more into, I guess, more of the contemporary technologies and the way to interface those those technologies, such as sort of web mobility, uh, the underlying technology software product um, sort of struggled to do that. So. Cimian recognised probably a couple of years ago that it needed to go through a process of renewal, um, and unfortunately they didn't have anyone within um, their their um, sort of direct line of reports that uh, that could really do that. So that what they were looking for is someone that could come in that had sort of extensive, I guess, software development background, best practice, um, and and had a good indication of how to build, I guess, sort of uh, best of breed product uh, from a sort of software and system architecture point of view. So that's really where I came into the picture. Um, I don't have a a strong background in, in pharmacy by by any means. Um, so but what I guess what I did bring to the to the table was I've had built a couple of my own businesses across 14 years. Uh, and we built a number of technology products over that time. Um, and I had a, a very good understanding of what could be achieved, um, if we had the right resources and, uh, technology, technologies in, in place. So, um, that's what we've been, uh, undertaking, I guess. As many of you may have known, Minfoss um, has uh, had, had a number of attempts over the years to try and um, improve the technology um, by rewriting it. Um, and because it is a very large system, almost like a sort of a pharmacy ER, ERP, if you will, it's got a lot of different modules and components within it. I think the risk associated with doing that was substantial. and uh, and, and I guess the realistic outcome of being able to get that technology in, in terms of, uh, you know, time to market um, it would have been a difficult ask to have it rewritten as, as a, you know, a, as a complete package. So we've taken a, a more moderate approach now uh, in terms of saying, all right, w- what is core to our, our business? What makes most sense to keep in terms of, of, of technology and architecture? What, what is our customers most demanding? What do they most use? um the stuff that's more uh, on the fringe if you like we're sort of questioning well, is that really core to the product is it is it good to keep that um certainly not not getting rid of anything that is really useful but i guess trying to really focus isolate on what is important um to the technology um what what is makes it most rich in terms of what our customers like and then yeah deprecating probably those things that are not, not so core cool to the product because um, yeah. like every product that's gone through its evolution you know some things have been done very well other things are probably that have been done not so well so um our, our sort of process our practice um, over the last two years is to sort of go through those do a lot of analysis on on you know what has made most sense and then from our a sort of a bottom-up approach look at uh, refactoring and um, re-implementing certain parts of the product and that is rebuilding the new foundation on uh, on on sort of a .NET uh, and SOA type architecture so we're really decoupling the technology to be more service-orientated um, and then slowly building up um, the the new components that we've, we've gone through. So and,
0: and really, what you're talking about there is really just the foundation of what the system's being built on. Uh, we will, <coughs> I'll do, I will, uh, we will try to fill in a few of the abbreviations for our listeners because I, I, I imagine a lot of them may be scratching their head, thinking, "Well, what's an ERP software?" And um, I, I, as as I'm sure you may correct me, Enterprise uh, Resource Planning software is a lot of what, what big corporations end up using to. Plan, I guess, how they direct all of their resources, but whether it be people or financial, and to get full visibility on the on the all the different facets and impacts on the business. Um, so when you're talking about, the, I guess, all of those different um, infrastructure tools, it's around getting the foundation right so that everything can sit nicely on top. I imagine.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, yep. like building a house, if the foundation is not strong, then yep. it's very difficult to have a reliable product. So. You know some of the the database technology that was sort of written by scratch uh, from scratch uh, initially you know there are there are much bigger um, technology vendors out there that do a much better job of building these sort of systems and components. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to do that in house anymore. So, um, you know, we've adopted some sort of best practice technology in, in this regard. So, some of the other things I mentioned, things like SOA, which is um, software architectural building um, services, um, that, that, that gives us the ability to decouple the various components of the system into a range of services it makes it a lot more ability to um, favourable for us to support and maintain and build um, new technologies that come around that, um, but also for other third parties to be able to interact more in an open way to our technology, which is something that Minfos has struggled with because it's been built um, really using proprietary technologies for a long, long time. It, it hasn't traditionally been very open and, and very easy to extend others to be able to integrate all of that work we've had to work through in-house, um, which has been difficult. Okay?
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of what we talk about on on this show, um, Andrew, is I guess making sure that these processes are are right, so that the best practice pharmacy processes. That's where the technology is going to best support our pharmacy owners. And um, w- what have you noticed in the last two, in the two years that you've been in in pharmacy? Now, uh, what have you noticed as have been I guess the biggest challenges that um, hopefully that I guess the new version of Minfos is looking to solve.
1: Um. <clears throat> I think probably the biggest challenge is that um, that most pharmacies are facing is just just the sheer number of uh, of integration partners that they're having to deal with. So there isn't you know there isn't a business out there, including pharmacy, that doesn't rely on technology from an everyday point of view. I think that um, to some degree pharmacies have probably struggled because, you know, they've come from sort of that clinical, heavy clinical side, more into being sort of retail managers, uh, small businesses. Um, and a lot of them are moving into sort of that larger retail chain management uh, space where, you know, they can no longer just simply look at technology as, oh, you know, we we sort of have it when we need it. You know, it's it's an integral core part of their, their business. So you know, when they're integrating with everything from PBS Online through Health Notes and things, um, you know, it, it, there are probably I don't know, in the order of about between twenty-five and let's say thirty-five different possible vendors that uh, that you know, Minfos and other vendors like support that
0: hmm.
1: pharmacies you know, required to run their businesses every day. So that brings with it uh, an untold amount of complexity. Um, not just to to how they run their businesses, but but obviously in terms of you know how they get the best out of that, those technologies. So, I, I see our our job really is sort of the, the point of sale and dispense vendor is sort of the the central hub of all of that. Our job is to kind of make it easy and to some degree to make it um, um, invisible, if, if you like. You know, if if, if this technology is just just. Support the business and and work seamlessly in the background where they don't get in the way of pharmacies being able to do their business. You know, yep. it's a great ideal. I don't know how how honestly close we are that to that year, but sort of that's what you want you want to happen. You know, the the, the technology should just just work ultimately. And uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, it it, it doesn't. Like everything, you know, technology. Often there is complexity around that. Uh, Pharmacists um, by nature are not always, you know, um, exemplary um, technologists, um, Mm. So, giving them the the tools and the capability to be able to support them to their line of business, which is providing, you know, sort of best health services and best outcomes in terms of clinical our services is what we want to be able to do with our picture.
0: Yeah. And, and with all of the other vendors that we're talking about here in integration, and um, I, I will add that, uh, and, you, and you may have already known this, that um, we had this chat with uh, Paul Naismith and Fred um, quite a number of weeks ago. Um, are you looking to develop a, an application programming interface, or for, the, for our listeners, it's really just a, a point in uh, Minfos, for example, where other applications can match up fields and data so that they don't have to double enter them in two separate systems
1: yeah absolutely so we we have one that we've we've written within the last couple of releases yeah. um, which is our first foray into that so um, it, it's a fairly rudimentary uh, API and, and what I mean by that is it, it's fairly low level and, and it's still to some degree not particularly friendly um, in sort of you have to know the underlying technologies to be able to use it, but the view is long term though that a lot of these, uh, as I mentioned before, the, the, the move to more of a sort of a service oriented architecture means that we'll be able to expose um, I guess more intuitive business object uh, type interfaces that are be a lot easier to extend and be able to deliver all of the newer services that uh, pharmacies want to be able to do.
0: Because I think the biggest problem with uh, that a lot a lot of pharmacies face with with these integrations is quite often, um, you know, when things go wrong, it all falls on them because it all sits in their within their their architecture, and no um, no pharmacy I dare say would have an on site IT manager. And that's tend to be where things get in the way. Um, so, I guess, and this is another shift that hopefully we'll be covering, um, is is, is Minfos looking at bringing their you know base architecture around point of sale dispense into the cloud to take that responsibility away from the pharmacy owner so they can focus more on their business.
1: Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned before, I mean, uh, ideally, the technologies would just hum away in the background, and it, it would just be ubiquitous and invisible. Yeah. Uh, to sort of use sort of the industry kind of words, but yeah, the, in in doing that, you know, the I guess what the cloud offers us long term and, and our ability to decouple the technologies is our ability to say, well, we don't necessarily have to run. Uh, particular pieces of technology um, or, or functionality physically. They don't have to physically run within the pharmacy. They can now be decoupled and, and run within in a, a data centre somewhere, somewhere else. Um, there are a lot of advantages to doing that. There are some disadvantages also in doing that, but... I guess from, from, ultimately from our point of view, the view on it is that, um, from a, a serviceability and a maintainability point of view, it's, it, it, it's a lot easier. If you're running things centrally. Um, you have the ability to do, um, controlled upgrades. You have the ability to control the environments of, of what their services run on. It's a lot easier to do that with the capability within the, in a data center than what it might be in, uh, in a little pharmacy out in the back of room, for instance. Well, yeah. You know, we really don't have any control
0: over those things uh, absolutely and, and I think it's really just zeroing in on what we're good at and uh, as, as, as pharmacists and pharmacy owners we're not good at managing IT systems and I dare say we never put that in the job descriptions of our staff so certainly by having you know experts um, looking after it I think that just makes a whole lot of sense yeah
1: exactly and I guess we can draw on sort of the parallels of of other industries, you know, you, you have vendors like like Telstra that will just today provide you a clean pipe. Um, so you know, within their data centre, they'll do all of your the the filtering and the access control and you know the, the antivirus scanning and everything else will actually be done from the cloud. And as far as the consumers concerned they don't they don't really care. All they really care about is just just give me something, give me a pipe that I can use to run my phones and get in and get my my internet that that is that is clean and, and free of problems so that I don't need to worry about. So Thank <sighs> I think that's the same kind of paradigm. That's what we're looking for. Eventually, is that you know, we can take a lot of the grunt work away and move that to the cloud. We have control of all of these integration partners that we need to integrate with. You know, I guess the, the more common ones, the ones that are that are a very important part of the business for pharmacy, but also give you the flexibility of being able to still integrate. Um, then that that's really where the cloud comes in into its own. And um, I, I think that's a good thing. I guess. My, my reservation to that um, is that you know there are still some constraints in terms of if there is a dependency on on that internet connection, then yeah. obviously there is reliability um, necessary around that. Um, so I think in, currently still at, at the moment, I think it's probably naive to say that everything will be um, decoupled to move into the, into the cloud, but I think that that is certainly progressively the way to go long-term and that you'll slowly start to see more of those components move out uh, in, into the cloud where it makes more sense for them to do
0: you that. Know, yeah, no, absolutely, and you know that the same same issues were being discussed when uh, we were talking to Paul Naismith about Fred Next, and obviously there's the need there to have online and offline database um, database capability both locally and obviously within the cloud, and I guess we've heard a little bit about since App, and you know. Um, it certainly isn't a widespread release that Fred are looking at with Fred next, but um, how far away are we looking where Minfos may start to you know start piloting um, a cloud-based version in pharmacies in Australia?
1: Well, we're kind of doing that now. So our next release for uh, specifically for Terry White, um, Terry White have been looking at, in the process of doing their own um, ERP, back-end ERP for yes. their merchandise management, uh, financial procurement, all of that. Uh, it's a technology they call White Hub. It's built around um, AX Dynamics and Microsoft uh, ERP system. But what do they want to be able to do is actually have far more control over pricing and promotion um and uh and, and and product placement within the pharmacy. So they wanted to be able to, to generate this within their own ERP, um, have that push to a service within the cloud, uh, have that you know cleaned up uh moods with uh MinFOS's uh product information from a master database and then be able to interactively push down to the stores in a controlled way. So that's sort of our first foray in the terms of the communications is now all, all cloud-based. Yeah. Um, and we will start layering on top of that as we move more more of the, the components within MinFOS out of the cloud. So one of the next components that we're looking to do is um, centralised ordering, yeah. which is um, for some of the larger groups have been able to move uh, their ordering technology, which... From a,
0: from so, point. so is that in a sense uh, where Minfos multi store has sat before as a as one piece of infrastructure that sat in one of the stores of the group? Is that now looking to be being set in the cloud? Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so multi multi store is made up of a number of components to be able to control pricing and ordering, uh, and reporting uh, and promotions and so forth. So those components will sit as a, as a service layer that will be run from within the cloud. Now, you still might still be able to get direct access to that from from the pharmacy via private interface in the pharmacy. But those those services would don't necessarily have to live within the head office anymore. They can live yeah. the cloud. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, very, very, very good, and and I guess um, from what I had heard with the with the White Hub, they were looking to communicate with uh, individual Terry White stores um, every seven minutes. So, is the communication, um, I guess, module going to be sitting in the cloud for both Minfos and for the Terry White uh, White Hub, um, or is it simply just, uh, I guess, a, a cloud interface into the store architecture? Well, it
1: it uh, again, it runs. I guess not to get too technical about it, they run a a sort of a brokerage service within the cloud. So there are a separate set of web services that live within the cloud. So they they have their own infrastructure within Terry White. They publish information up into the cloud. That information gets merged. uh, And and there's some some processing, business rule processing that happens on that. And then that that information then gets plugged into MINFOS through a a new capability, which we call uh, PubSub. It's basically a publisher subscriber type model where we we push information down into each store. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so... it it doesn't sound like much, but, but again, it's it's getting this foundation right. Obviously, yeah. it means that all of our updates to all of the stores, be it you know pricing or product information, supplier updates, um, dispense updates, um, what have you, will all be done by this this mechanism.
0: So, yeah, I mean,
1: it's been very important for us over the last couple of years just to get that right.
0: And, and with, with I guess, yeah, you know, Terry White as an example using, um, you know, AX Dynamics, which is, uh, you know, a well-known ERP system, and, you know, it's well-known in the industry that, um, you know, the biggest uh, pharmacy retailer group in Australia, Chemist Warehouse, have been using a very similar system for quite a while. So I guess w- where is that technology sitting? Is it, you know, sitting as, you know, the best available merchandise planning management that, you know, bigger pharmacy groups could be in, in embracing right now or is there anything else that, um, you know, I guess if it, we, we do often have a few people from the groups listening to this show, so it may be relevant too. Um, is there any other technology that's available for them to, I guess, uh, you know, utilise that from a planning perspective?
1: Yeah. Um- to be honest with you, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about AX Dynamics specifically. Yeah. Um I mean, Min, minfos has its multi-store capability, which um, has been around for for a long, long time. Which a lot of our larger groups use. They like uh, because it, it, it's not overly complicated in terms of you know a true ERP system has, has a has a lot in it. Um, but we we ourselves are looking at, at long term what we do with that as a as a solution. There's no doubt about it that. Uh, every pharmacy, uh, sort of out there, um, in sort of this day and age, sort of has to represent themselves as, as a brand. Uh, a lot of them are affiliated with a with a with a group, um, and and that sort of ability to to manage themselves as sort of uh, in terms of sort of cha- a chain retailer um, is becoming more pressing than ever. So. I see that these sorts of technologies, be it, you know, um, JD Edwards or, 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 SAP, maybe to a point or, or certainly Dynamics, uh, the Microsoft type, type product. Uh, that ability to do, you know, sort of large-scale financial management or, uh, or warehousing or, or some of the things the large group wants to do, I think, it's going to be more more important as they uh, try to get the economies of scale yep. you be know, to move these functions to a to a head
0: office. Uh, absolutely, and look, obviously, uh, Minfos being owned by owned by Symbian, um, how closely does the the wholesale sector of the business interact with uh, with Minfos? Obviously, uh, you know, the Symbian-owned brands, but Chemart or uh, pharmacy choice, is there, I guess, the fact that, you know, you've got that vertical integration within the company, is there the ability to be able to, I guess, simplify ordering to the point where pharmacies are able to communicate directly with the warehouse from their systems?
1: But certainly the, the vision and um, the last uh, sort of iteration of, of product development that we had that unfortunately we had to, to pull, which was called Edge, actually had, quite substantial integration with what we call SHOP. So Symbian has a, a set of web services that it provides which our, our current Symbian customers use to interface uh, in terms of getting their pricing and ordering information through that. The idea is that um, MintPlus will be fully integrated into that, um, almost to the point of being able to do full sort of um, order replenishment um, from directly from Simeon, I guess the benefit that we have that the wholesale division doesn't really have is that, um, that we get to see you know direct retail um, uh, sales as they happen, um, and a lot of that sort of intelligence uh, is, is very important um, and can help really with like sort of forward planning in terms of ordering um, in terms of um, Simeon's business. So. Yeah, uh, the the vision is that eventually that um, Minfos will fully integrate with these services, and um, you'll you'll be able to do, you know, get the ability to, you know, have a good indication of what what pricing benefits you might be able to get through Mm -hmm. through dealing with SIM across particular orders, and so. And um, there'll be some intelligence, more intelligence within the point of sale to give you some better choices about what you might might make in terms of your ordering and buying decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it was certainly one of the one of the biggest future aims that we've discussed on this show when we went through a whole series of pharmacy automation was actually you know trying to perhaps even mimic what's going on in Germany whereby the uh, the wholesalers do have uh, that full integration into the pharmacies and they're able to deliver into the pharmacy stores via a, a hatch in the back of their pharmacies and uh, the order gets put away inside the robotic or pharmacy automation machine ready to go for 9am the following morning. And I think, you know, if that integration's present, I think that gives a really good chance for that type of technology to be integrating and particularly given that you're able to, you know, more closely integrate with other technologies. And I imagine that's not limited to hardware, um, such as an automation machine that that makes that very possible, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are sort of the benefits coming through all the time, you know, that the totes are becoming... I guess, more more intelligent now. You know, they, they get uh, wrapped and labelled. And ideally, at the, as, as deliveries come in, you should just be able to directly scan, have reliability that you know kind of what's in the total. You can rely on what's in there. Scan it within, and then pull it into Minfos, and then there, there's it's already a full recognition uh, and reconciliation of what's in there uh, against the order. I mean, you had to go through and uh, and and, ca- and count through and make sure everything's kind of there. So, I guess the integration with the the wholesaler, um, I guess ideally maybe even to the point in time where the wholesaler has, guess, some forward visibility and being able to predictively send you. Um, items that you might know that you're going to be proactively needing, um, mm. you know, I guess more interplay between between the pharmacy and and the wholesaler means that ultimately there may be less burden on on the pharmacy to to handle and manage this stock. Um, so yeah, I mean it's something that we're talking quite yep. extensively about in
0: Oh, look, absolutely. Look, you know, there have been some failed models of replenishment out there, and I'm not going to name them. Um, and it's always been on the basis that uh, visibility has never been uh, strong enough to be able to re- realistically understand exactly what a store needs. But if you do have full visibility, I think that's a great, great opportunity. Andrew, I'm going to change pace a little bit because I think a lot of our listeners are thinking, well, we've gone a long way into the future. We're speaking on, on quite a technical basis on some things. So, to, for the for the motivated pharmacy owner at home listening at the moment, thinking, okay, that's nice, but where do I start right now? Where do you see, like, I, I guess not Not every pharmacy in Australia uh, probably even has um, the point-of-sale systems. They would all inevitably probably have a dispense system. I don't think anyone's using prescription books anymore. Um, but in terms of for a pharmacy owner, what, what would be the the top three benefits that you can see that, you know, from implementing even a basic point-of-sale system may be in their, in their business? And I guess uh, coupled with that, and obviously because we'd be using the example of Minfos today um some of the benefits of obviously integrating that dispense and point of sale together
1: yeah absolutely i mean uh, i think the most important benefit overall is 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 disability of, of your business i mean i think that um you know, not just minfo, although I think this is the one sort of area that we do very well. But I think in you know, all point of sales and and more particularly the integrated point of sale between dispensary and front of shop is your ability to have a clear indication of exactly how your business is running. Um, I think that as as pharmacies grow and they become more multi that that is difficult. You know, uh, stock moves around a lot. It's very difficult to often know, you know, where. Where things are, how things are performing. You know, is, is stock on shelves? Is is it making best use of space? Um, you know, sort of um, planograms um, and 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 managing space effectively within pharmacies. All of this really should be borne by by the point of sale, ideally, to give you the intelligence around making making the uh, the best use of. Uh, of, of your pharmacy so um yeah i i think that probably the number one thing is in terms of the the, re, the reporting that comes out of tools that are used every day by pharmacies to you know manage okay what what are my best sellers what are my worst sellers what is moving quickly um you know how is my dispensary going versus my front of sale what's my distribution and contribution of my overall business um where's my you know negative gp items um you know how to what's my return on investment in terms of you know the space that i have on the shelf and so forth so i think without the, the IT tools in place to do that that's very difficult and uh, would, would require a, a huge amount of manualism. Mm. so
0: well there's no there's never there's never been a a, a more uh, pressed time where pharmacy owners time is more valuable and they have less of it and uh you know my my interpretation has always been that if you don't have the ability to turn the data into knowledge then uh you you really aren't maximizing your availability of being able to do more with less and um certainly I think a point of sale sales a good, a good starting point
1: yeah exactly right i mean you know, reality is with price disclosure that's something becoming more and more difficult. Um, you know, stores have to make sure that that they really, really are making best use of uh, of their ordering capability and then and their uh, their relationships between, between their first and second line wholesalers that they're using, or even with their direct suppliers. That they're you know the promotions that they're running are they getting best best use and best practice out of that in terms of are they running effectively? Um, I, I really don't see that without a, a good point of sale that's fully integrated between both the, the clinical side and and the, the front of sale, front of store side, that you're having good good visibility in that way. So.
0: And I guess, it's, I guess it also comes down to, you know, for any pharmacy owners that don't currently have a point of sale system in place, that one of the questions that may be asked is that, is it, is it intuitive enough for me to be able to just let it run itself or do I actually need to employ someone to run it for me?
1: Yeah. Um, I think like anything, I think that it, it does require an investment um, in, in terms of, of staff and knowledge. You know, I, I would be untruthful if I said that, you know, the system just hums away in the background and just does everything. I don't think we're quite there yet. Yes. Yeah. But, you know what minfos does bring uh, and I guess what a, a lot of the other sort of um, bigger point solve of spring is that you know, we have a pedigree of, of, of understanding in terms of really how best practice works within the pharmacy how um, they can can really run well as good retailers you know I think that pharmacists traditionally have been very strong on the kind the clinical side obviously that they're trained. That's their bread and butter. They know it very well, but maybe not so much on the on the you know the marketing and the uh, and the, the sort of the front of the store, the retailing side. So I think that's really where, where particularly where someone like Simeon can really bring. Some pedigree in that regard, so we provide, you know, a lot of information about, you know, how do you run your businesses? Or a set of checklists that you should go through every day to make sure that you're sitting on top of what needs to be done. Um, these are the reports that you need to be run to making sure that you know you're getting the best out of your business. Um, so we really spend a lot of time uh, working with our customers to make sure that they have the skills to be able to maintain. So it's like everything else, you know, not. Minfos, like a lot of the other products, is very large, so if you're not doing it every day, then some of these, these things do become a little bit rusty. And mm. although there is a lot of automation within the technology, it still does require someone to... To really, to know, to know how to get the best out of that, so it does require some investment
0: on their part. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, particularly, you know, it's, I think it's like anything. If you put good data into anything, you'll get good information out the other end. And uh, particularly if you're not maintaining your, your stock levels or your stock counts, um, it doesn't really allow the system to give you the full benefit unless you're doing that. And yeah. and you, you mentioned that obviously you follow a process there in terms of um, helping pharmacy owners implement that and get the best out of the product. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about that process of perhaps assessment and also ongoing um, education and um, um, coaching, if you, if you like, um, through that process?
1: Yeah, sure. So we have a we have a set of training installers, and we have a training team that um, that spends probably a good two weeks in the initial instance getting a store. Um, up and running. Uh, a lot of that, obviously, is, is doing things like stock takes and so forth, getting pricing uh, into the system, making sure that, you know, it, the, the point of sale and, and, and expense really f- reflects what, what the business wants to, wants to do in terms of their uh, pricing and promotions. Um, out of the back of that, then, is the, there's a, a set of weekly uh, fortnightly and monthly planners um, that uh, are given to the store, and we train the stores how to use those. Um, and these really are sort of a directive, uh, I guess, a set of, of, of checklists that they run through um, on the most more common uh, areas of the product, um, and they will do things like... Um, you know making sure that um, that product mergers and supply mergers are done that uh, that the pricing is kept up to date um, that you know promotions are, are, are you know come in on on time and they are cut off on time and and the information within those uh, is accurate. Um, there are a number of different areas in the product. Um, that, that are covered, um, that are, are what are most used in most pharmacies. Um, then there are other things outside of that, like some of the accounting type practices, so the new process and counting module within it. Um, so, you know, making sure that, that, you know, the, the claims are, are reconciled against the, uh, the accounting parts of the product that, um, you know, some of the the um, things like, you know, the BAS statements and so forth are, are done correctly. So yeah. there are a number of different uh, parts of the product that we, that, um
0: a set of tools and checklists to make sure that these things are maintained correctly. Yeah, and and I guess in in uh, even in the uh, the short short two years, I guess what have you seen have, have been you know the the biggest um, I guess tools or modules of Minfos that you know perhaps you've seen some great change or even perhaps even a revolution in a pharmacy business when used properly.
1: Um. Probably the pricing pricing part. I mean, Minfoss has, has a thing called um, uh, Profit Professor, which is a uh, is really a tool, what if analysis tool that really allows you to, if, if used properly, it's, it's a very uh, powerful facility to be able to maintain your pricing, to be able to to uh, vary. Pricing across various areas of, of your product selection, um, be a brand or category or uh, or area of the pharmacy, um, and you can tweak the the um, the pricing and, and have a look what the net result of your overall GP will be across that. So historically, that that uh, as a component, um, even though it's very powerful, again, it comes with some learning. So often pharmacies haven't had the time to invest in knowing. How to use that very well, um, and so we put a bit, quite a bit of work into making sure that that's a usable facility that uh, uh, pharmacists can use to get the best out of their and uh, their system to uh, to help them with their pricing. Yeah. Um, some of the other areas is promotions handling, so um, there's better capability now within within Infos to do pricing and loyalty, sorry promotions and loyalty. Um, so that's an area that some of the bigger groups have, have taken on board. Uh, We have also developed uh, a new facility called MARS, which is Minfoss Advanced Reporting Service. It's more of a web-based reporting tool. Um, It collects information out of the stores, either at the individual store level or a group level, and and aggregates that information into a number of um, more intuitive and usable reports that can be given to stores on a periodic basis. So you know, sort of KPI indicators and, and, and sort of KBI indicators. So, you know, how, how is the store going relative to, it, to itself? How does it look relative to, to its peers? How is it looking relative to, to other stores in, in the same sort of demographic? Um, a lot of that.
0: Are we talking about stores within the same group or um, do you actually have benchmarked information of simple, like, like stores in the general area?
1: Currently within Mars, no, we don't. Uh, it's within the group itself. Okay. Um, in association with IntelliFarm, the view is that long-term we'll be able to get sort of some high-level aggregated information that would we'll be able to give you, you know, geographic or potentially, you know, give me a breakdown by, um, you know, pharmacies within supermarket sorry, not supermarkets, shopping <laughs> centers, um, or, you know, strip-based um, um, um Pharmacies, you know, and how do they compare with each other?
0: So, so we're talking something something similar to um, what um, IMS are providing at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and I I guess again, it just comes down to you know, pharmacies often you know work very strongly within their business, but they don't always have the resources to have a great view of you know what's happening you know within. Their area or or between across a group, for instance. So uh, the more information we get in this regard, the better they'll be able to run their business.
0: Yeah, and look, absolutely. I don't think there's ever been a time where there's been more data in the world, um, but it's about having those tools that turn the data into knowledge and actually being able to then implement some, a change in your business. I think it's all pretty useless if it's not being utilized correctly, um, which which is absolutely. And I guess on the on on the ongoing side of things, you mentioned obviously there's a, there's a good startup package that Minfoss offer to get pharmacies started, but I guess with all of those tools, it's impossible to have a pharmacy take them all on and be perfect with them from day one so what supports available to them ongoing to um to obviously implement that have you got an education hub or are there trainers that come to the stores
1: yeah so so both um obviously has uh has a dedicated support team uh, which we run out of melbourne um, which means that people are always available on the phones there's a number of second first second and third level support people to help in that regard we have Mentioned before, uh, another group that runs trainer inst- installations. Um, so these are people that have had proficiency across force for uh, anything up to about 14 years and they know the product very, very well. So we run periodic workshops uh, where there's a particular Area of the product that people have most interest in, and they have expressed interest, they can come to one of these workshops and sit in, um, and just get a bit of a refresh or an update, uh, or maybe I see, you know, it might be a new person into the store, and they want to be able to get some information about how to, how to use the product in this particular area. Um, more and more, we're trying to get more um, of the web-delivered training services and tools available, uh, although that's still in its infancy at the moment. But um, we're hoping within the next 12 months that more of uh, these more common common tasks within pharmacies so that people sort of, you know, sort of scratch their head and think, oh, I haven't touched that for a, a couple of months, I can't quite remember how to do it, or I can go to a the knowledge base and have a look and have a look at one of the you know the webcasts as to how that that gets done in terms of, uh, of uh, process and best practice so yeah there's quite a few of things we have and then we can also just go out to a store directly and just give them training uh, a refresh training course if they need it's also available.
0: Yeah, yep, no, no, look, absolutely, and I think I think our listeners today we've probably gone a, a top down approach <laughs> as opposed to a bottom up. We didn't start from the infancy of, uh, I guess, where point of sale and dispense can start, but I think we've certainly given um, our listeners quite a good grounding as to, And I also wanted to touch on, Andrew, uh, before before I go because I love the, I love this question for every one of my guests, and uh, I guess what would what in your mind would be the the biggest game changing technology that obviously if time and resource. Were no barrier would you implement in pharmacies. And I'll I'll load that with that, you know, my ultimate retail experience is, uh, you know, what we see in Apple today where you've got your assistants and perhaps if we project that into pharmacies, pharmacy assistants walking around with all the tools that they need to tell people about products and the visibility into what stock's available and they can pay and order from one single device. So I'd love to know your vision and what, what you see is, I guess, that big game-changing technology that we may see Of men for some time in the future.
1: Yeah, well, I I actually think a lot of it's to do with personalisation. I think that as pharmacies move forward, um, what they're going to have to do is really be able to bring a greater level of service to their customers. So, like every every customer, you know, every sort of intelligent and intuitive sort of person that looks for a retail experience is they look for a one on one. Uh, experience with with a with a pharmacy so i think that there's two parts to that one obviously is bringing pharmacies out from behind um the, the dispensary into yeah. the actual pharmacy where they can actually get access to to the customers but with that comes all of the capability to be able to do that so being you know, able to do you know a, a media lookup of customer history uh of looking at you know what they've bought in in, in the past have been able to do recommendations uh, a lot of the information would be able to come from the point of sale but also been able to draw from from a number of third parties uh, and and give that as a, as a form of delivery and service to the customers but i think more importantly as we move forward you know pharmacies i think are going to move more into the area of having a a closer relationship with the customers so i think ideally things like rfid technologies will come more become more important um it may be a case of you know there's an app that might be available to, to a customer as they walk into the store. Uh, it, it's links so the point of style knows that this person has walked into the store. They know who they are, um, you know, what, what they've had in the past, what ailments they've had. They can give notifications of the staff that, they're, that this person has entered the store. Um, there might be, you know, directive advertising that might be available to say, you know, um, you know target more targeted advertising based on who they are um, so I, I just think that that level of, uh, of personalisation is become going to become more and more more particular, and more important in pharmacies as we move forward.
0: Mm, no, absolutely, and I think uh, probably would have been back in May we were talking about eye beacons on this show, and I guess that just plays right into I guess looking at that and the uh, the different types of RFIDs that can deliver a very similar thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, it certainly is, uh, you know, I think there's, there's a great opportunity for pharmacy moving forward. And But I think as, as you touched on early on there, Andrea, and we discuss this all the time, you know, technology has become a way of doing business and that is how it's, how it's defined. But ultimately, the challenge is for every pharmacy owner is to find how it best works for them and their business to support their best practice processes. So, they're not, you know, literally just, you know, clamoring for technology tools because they feel they need to but that they're actually getting good value from them and it is bringing them closer to their patients so absolutely great to have you Andrew this morning it's terrific it's great to see the evolving nature of Menfos it's certainly been you know a a pillar of Australian pharmacy and for probably 800 plus pharmacies for a long period of time and uh, I look forward to following the journey as I do and uh, look forward to having you back in the not too distant future
1: Terrific. That's very very good. Um and to talk to you. Thank you, Robert. No worries. Cheers.
0: Well, I think we'll all agree that even a 40-minute interview, we only start to scratch the surface. I think we did extremely well to cram in the most advanced possibilities of a point-of-sale system, but also getting right into why, if any of our pharmacy owners are listening and they don't have a point-of-sale system, why you need to make that one of the top priorities in the next month in your business. My three key learnings, and I guess they're pretty, pretty hard to get three out of them because it could have been anything up to about 20 of them, but I'll give you my top three. And the top three are, look, before I even get to that, Minfos was developed by a pharmacist and accountant to solve the problem of how to translate the huge amount of information that come across our eyes and our pharmacies every single day. And we need to be able to turn that data into knowledge. So my first one is, is that we need to make sure that the investment of time that we spend in our business, that we are getting the maximum out of that. And we're never going to get the maximum out of our businesses if we're investing our time in manual processes and particularly manual administration processes that do not add any value or any personalization we'll talk about that in a moment to our patients. And that's what it comes down to. We discussed it last week with guild payroll and that all of these functions that we're talking about in managing our back office, they're non-patient facing. So the reason why we have businesses, Really, it's a byproduct of running a small business and we just need to become more efficient. So we need to be able to maximize our investment of not only money, but time. So what we need to be able to do is have a system and a point of sale system is really the engine or the hub of any pharmacy, particularly because you've got a retail and also the a dispense system. I think everyone would have a dispense system. If you don't have a dispense system, I'd love to see your prescription book because I'd like to see that as a relic that still exists in the 21st century. I don't think any of our listeners actually have these. But in terms of of point-of-sale systems, I know that there are still pharmacies out there who just aren't using them. They might have them, but they're not using them. And you need to use them, as we've heard from Andrew today, to turn your data into actionable knowledge and insights that enable you to make smarter, more successful decisions in your business. And we've seen a lot of those. There's ones that can focus around pricing. Minfos has got a great module for that. Promotions, loyalty, All of these things give you more information about what your customers want so that you can give it to them before they've actually asked for it. And that, I think, is the key. The second is that we need to be more clinical and not business-focused. We are being made to be business-focused. We talk about this a lot on this show in the fact that we are always asked to become small business owners first before we become pharmacists. But that balance of being able to do that I believe is directly proportional to the amount of technology that you partner with to ensure that that balance is restored so that you are a clinician first and not a small business owner first. So you need to be using the tools like the web-based reporting tools that um, Andrew was talking about and the other point of sale and dispense vendors have comparable versions to this as well. We're not just giving Minfoss a plug, but they did have a great offering as well. So you need to be looking at the opportunities here as we were talking about web-based reporting tools because what they've been able to do is take very boring, very hard to collate data and put it into actionable insights and reports that you can pick up or your team can pick up more importantly and turn that into action so that you can build a smarter, more successful business every single day based on good data. Not on hunches, but on good data. As we mentioned on transformation, it's not about the technology. It's about making the technology give you information and give you more efficiency and automation to be able to run a more successful pharmacy. The third thing is, is that there is gonna be an ongoing trend. We are seeing this in other industries as we talk about. Personalization is what your customers want. We see that in all sorts of industries, whether that be travel, whether it be banking, even whether it be taxis. They want to be able to communicate directly with a taxi driver via Uber, for example. So pharmacy is not removed from that. This is what our patients want. And if you do want to know what the secret weapon of working against or working in competition with discount pharmacies, that is the key. But A non-efficient pharmacy that doesn't leverage smart technology that isn't operational efficient cannot be patient-centric because you literally do not have the time or the resources. So you need to focus on your operational efficiency and that will enable you to take up the huge benefits that can happen in the future of being able to hyper-personalize your patient's experience by using things like RFID or iBeacons, which we've spoken about on this show, as it develops and it becomes part of our everyday business. Well, I think I'm going to have to take a big, deep breath. What a huge episode we've actually covered today. So much to cover, but... The last thing I want to leave you with is that the Pharmacy Freedom Index is available for everyone who's listening right now. It's available at PharmacyFreedomIndex.com. The official launch for everyone will be on Monday. So if you know anyone, any of your colleagues who may be interested as well, please feel free to share that even over the weekend. I'm very happy to as well. I'm also very happy to announce that if you go ahead and do the test, there's two free gifts waiting for you at the end of it. I won't tell you what they are. You're going to love them. They'll give you some extra value on how you can also improve your pharmacy freedom index by actually taking up those free gifts as well. Have a great week everyone. Enjoy the weekend and I look forward to speaking to you all again next week. Bye for now.